The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We're uh, continuing our conversation with regard to what we've heard out of Melford today and then in general uh, about the safety of trucks and uh, truck drivers out there on the highways. I said had earlier, a number of you have texted in and I kind of blurted it out. We were almost out of time that I see illegal, illegal configurations on the highway all the time with trailers and boats being pulled behind or storage trailers. I'm talking and you're all right. It is a legal configuration. I'm talking about when you have that ball joint, mm. you know, the, uh, the ball joint trailer hitch uh, that you're pulling your trailer with and then you're attaching a ball joint trailer hitch to that which I've seen I've seen constantly while camping I've seen people pulling into campgrounds with those you see them on the highway and that last trailer is doing that great big yeah, speed yeah, yeah. wobble shimmy, shimmy, right shimmy. that's what I'm talking about it is legal under a certain length in Alberta I don't have it in front of me to have a fifth wheel connection that's that plate, you know, that you, yeah, yeah. yeah, a fifth wheel connection. Then you, then you can have a ball joint on the back for your smaller trailer so under we, a certain length. So what we heard today in um, in court was that Jaskaret Singh Sidhu um, moved to Canada from India with his wife in 2013, uh, worked at a liquor store for a while. Um, in March of, on March 17th, 2018, he gained employment with this small transport company. He took a one week course in trucking. Uh, after a few weeks working with the owner, he began driving solo, these super bees. Yeah. Um, the accident happened less than a month later. A one-week course, March 17th, he got started working. April 6th was the crash. You have lots on your mind. David from Onaway. Hey, David. Hi, Jalen. This rips me apart. Mm-hmm. Over the years, I've lost three friends who were kids to traffic accidents. So I had some idea of what the parents are going through and it's it's wrecking me at the moment. But the people that are responsible are the federal government because when this accident happened, Mark Garneau, who is the transport minister, was asked specifically, are you going to impose standards across the country? And he said, I want to talk to our provincial partners first. Mm. That was his answer. But in this country, it's mandatory to have two forward-facing white lights on a vehicle. End of discussion. Except it's not enforced. It took him a heartbeat to raise that to four. So if you can't enforce two, how are you going to enforce four? These trucks on the road are a menace. And I have a great deal of sympathy for the guy that was driving it. He's a guy trying to make a better living for his family. If the federal government doesn't impose regulations that prevents these small companies from putting people that, not just small companies, but bigger ones as well, putting people that are that lacking in experience on the road, it is going to continue. Well, here's the thing. Let me stop you there for a second because I want to make this very clear. This driver in this particular case was completely legal to drive. He met all the requirements in order to have that class one and to haul that Super B. So legally, he was absolutely in the right. But he had 70-some violations against him for logbook violations. Now, that, they said over and over again this week, did not impact what the charge was or or anything like that. But those two are two separate issues. He did have yeah. a number of logbook infractions, uh, 71, I think it was. Um, but he was legal to drive. And the owner of the company 
was it was within his legal rights to give him that job as well. So it's it's the regulations that have to change, and it's the enforcement yeah. of the logbook regulations that have to be. That's what David's saying. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It, yeah, and it, it it doesn't matter, Andrew. I know you've been involved in trucking, yeah. but I've been around a hell of a long time, and. If the people that are supposed to be keeping us safe aren't doing their job, they need to be kicked out because we rely on governments to set standards. And when it's so obvious that the standards are being met, but they're so low, they're not effective, we need to get rid of them. And we need some SOB who's going to come in and say, guess what? This is the way it's going to be. And the question that was asked to Garno was, because trucks go from province to province and they all have different regulations, why don't you impose a standard? Oh, well, I want to chat to people first. And it kills me. I can't imagine what those families are going through, but I can't imagine what he's going through too. He was a guy just trying to make a living, find a better way to make a living for his family. And he's lost everything. He'll live with this for the rest of his life. David, thanks for the phone call. Thank you. All righty, let's uh, head over to Craig. Uh, actually, Dave here. Dave, uh, you're a truck driver. Yes, I am, and uh, I'm actually retired now, but I've been driving for many, many years. Uh, I also owned trucking companies, and at one point in time, I had 25 units on the road. Uh, they were all Super Bs. Uh, my frustration uh, in finding good, qualified drivers was extremely high, the frustration in doing that. Uh, and what I've said for years is we need a graduated system here in Alberta, not only Alberta, but uh, countrywide, where drivers would go through something similar to an apprenticeship program, uh, and they would start out with the smaller trucks. And this is what I used to tell people that wanted to come and work for me. They wanted to know, how do I get a job working for you? I said, <laughs> well, you start out with a single axle truck. Then you move up to a tandem. Then you maybe move up to a single trailer, and eventually you move up to a Super B, but you need to have the experience. Uh, and I don't know why we can't implement that type of a, uh, and I'm calling it an apprenticeship program, uh, that's not only recognized in Alberta, but countrywide. You know, similar to mechanics, they can get a license, uh, a mechanics license that's good for Alberta only, or they can get a red seal license yeah. that is good Canada-wide. David, Why can't we do that? It seems like it would be the obvious answer. It seems like it would be something that... I, I actually honestly thought that that was in place. I thought that's how that would happen. That you would actually no, have to do graduated, uh, you know, through it to, to get to that point. You just don't start driving those big rigs. Exactly. And from, from an owner's point of view that is trying to hire drivers... Um, a driver's abstract is one thing, but it doesn't tell you the whole story. Mm. Uh, I, I want to know, can a guy tarp down a load? Does he know how to tie it down sufficiently so the material doesn't fall off when he's going mm. down the road? Does he know how to check to make sure his wheel nuts aren't coming loose and he's going to lose tires? Do they know how to do that? Um, you know, and there's so many different types of commodities that we haul. You know, it's liquids, it's lumber, it's yeah. steel. Uh, there's so many different ways to secure your loads. Um, you know, and it was so well, much responsibility, just, so much responsibility in that job, and so much at risk as well if something goes wrong, as we've seen. Exactly. So I don't know why we couldn't. And for, again, from an owner's point of view, uh, and I'm not in the business anymore. I'm retired. It would be so nice to uh, to be able to know the background somebody's got, similar to a union. You know, where and I'm not I'm not saying we need unions, but you know, where you can call up and or talk to somebody and say, "Are you a first year apprentice? Are you a second? Are you third year? Mm. Oh, you're a Red Seal journeyman. That's fantastic. I like that. I'm willing to pay you more." <laughs> Dave, Why thanks. Can't we do that? Yeah, thank you for the phone call. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time. Craig, what's on your mind? Well, 
them two gentlemen just said it for me. Mm -hmm. um, good on you guys. Well spoken. I'm a little jerked up right now. Like, you know, I'm just thinking about stuff and them, that fam them families. Mm -hmm. And couldn't agree more with what they said. I spent half my life in a Kenworth bed truck moving rigs up north. And some of the rookies they sent in hauling a light plant that they don't know how to stop or chain up or, and, you know, and it's the owner's responsibility. The onus is on the owners. I couldn't say it any plainer than that. And do you know what keeps and, going uh, through my mind? What keeps going through my mind is that when my daughter's on the highway, I have a lot of respect for professional oh, drivers. Absolutely. I have a ton of respect yep. for the trucking industry. That is a tough, tough job for tough, tough people. But when my daughter's driving down to Calgary, I'd like to think the truck approaching her in the opposite direction is an experienced professional driver and not someone hauling a Super B that got their license a month ago. And I live in Darwell. You guys know that. Uh -huh. yeah. And I get on that highway and I go to that flipping city every day, <laughs> twice a day sometimes, you know. And I see gravel trucks coming in and out of all these back roads now because they're humping gravel out of here now. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm scared. Mm -hmm. I see some of that junk running up and down the highway that it's held together with duct tape and bale twine, you know. And... I'm worried. And they get on your arse, and then they, you know, they're just not professional. And I see that every day. Mm -hmm. Every day. And sorry to say it, but some of the new Canadians need to learn old Canadian law. Craig, How to drive is one of them. Thanks for your phone call, Craig. Let's go to Serge here. Serge, you're a truck driver. Yeah, thank you, Linda. How are you guys doing today? Uh, good, okay. good. What's, what's on your mind? Well, I'll, I'll first, first and foremost, my heart goes out to all the parents and families in Humboldt that lost those kids. Um, you know, I, when, when I went and got my class one, it was a couple years ago, all I had to do was 18 hours of driving, one weekend course on air brakes, and then I had to do my road test and my written. Um, I did not feel comfortable after that even uh, driving, but uh, thankfully for the company that I worked for, I was paired up with someone for three months driving around learning the stuff, shifting and all that, become a better driver. And even, and even at three months, it's still still not enough. I think that our government needs to put a, a, uh, actions in place to make the dry, driving uh, courses tougher and more gra graduated like your class five. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about that today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of talk about that today. Serge, thank you for sharing your story. Appreciate it. Thanks. Have a good day. All right, take it easy. We need to take a break here. Wayne, Karen, Niles, hold the line. We'll get you right after this. Wayne has been holding patiently. And Wayne, boy, this story must uh, hit home for uh, you. Yeah, big time. Uh, the present, present day Oil Kings, I was their bus driver for their first four seasons. I did all their road games, all their road trips. It was my worst nightmare. Um, it really didn't hit me until the Thursday following when uh, they started having the uh, the memorial the funerals. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I got out at busing in 2012, decided to take something here in Edmonton where I'm home every night because uh, my grandchildren, I missed my granddaughter's first five years of her life, <laughs> being on the road all the time. And yeah, it was my worst nightmare when I heard that. I mean, it just, all of the players that I'm uh, with on Facebook uh, got a hold of
called, told of me, contacted me. The trainer uh, is in Vegas now. He uh, contacted me. He was the first one to contact me. And there's times, you know, pulling in from Brandon, we'd play uh, do the Eastern Swing and play in Brandon last, and I'd keep my room until, you know, the end of the second period, go out, pre-trip the coach, load up, drive right back to Edmonton, pulling into the city, you know, and then I knew I'd stopped in Saskatoon and Lloyd, and it's like, I don't remember the lights of Vegreville. Yeah. You know, and it's just, uh, yeah. The parents, some of the parents, I'm still, I still see around. I, it's just I, I, hard, I hard to fathom. It could have been me. It could have been one of my my uh, my bus mates that uh, I drove bus with for years and years. Now, as for the electronic logs, all of the coaches now have them. Mm-hmm. All of the highway coaches, okay. they all have them now. And you just think, you know, thank your lucky stars that thank my lucky stars and, and someone gets the ground every time I get home. Yeah, yeah, and you know those electronic <laughs> logs are mandatory in the United States. It's mm. not like we're breaking ground here yeah. or anything. They've been mandatory well, in the United they're, States. They're mandatory in all the highway coaches too. I don't see why they're not mandatory in big rigs. Nor do I. I, I honestly thought they were up until this conversation, not today, but when this so conversation... Did, so did I. So yeah. did I. I. I honestly thought they all had to have them now. And like I say, the technology's been around forever because we had them 26 yes, years ago. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and GPS in, in... Well, I mean, I drive garbage truck now. Oh, by the way, Andrew, your garbage day is Wednesday. Make sure it's in the alley. <laughs> <laughs> I pick up in your area on Wednesday. Nice. Oh, Wayne, thank you for calling and thanks for, thanks for Guys, sharing take your care, story. Thanks for Taking my call. Thanks yeah, for the laugh. Take care of yourself too. Uh, Karen's been holding patiently. Hi, Karen. Hi. What's on your mind? Oh, I just want to make sure that I'm not uh, creating an echo here. Um, I'm concerned that uh, that I was at Farm Tech this week, and I was hearing from some of the farmers and producers that they want to be exempt, uh, exempted from the uh, Class One licensing. Uh, you know, Alberta right now has the most lenient rules for this in the entire country. And, uh, and you know, I, in my opinion, owing to privatization of, uh, of the training for these, for these drivers, it's led to having no consistency and no oversight. And so, you know, I'm worried that a couple of years ago that, uh, that the agriculture sector was looking to remain exempt from having safety on on farms for farm workers, and now they're looking to be exempted from the rules of having a class one license hmm. when we see, you know, very clearly in these very tragic circumstances that there's a need for more safety and more training. Well, you know what? That is a whole other huge That's a whole other topic, topic. And I hadn't thought about it. And the idea behind the exemptions for agricultural was basically to move from one field to another. Mm-hmm. It's not to, you know, so they don't have to get licensed and all that kind of stuff but yeah that's a whole other topic i i want to do some more research into that karen thanks for putting that one on our radar we'll check into it thank you thank you so much and niles hi niles hi andrew and jaylen hello um i farm uh held a class one for 20 years uh, I guess I take a little bit of a different view. I'm a little worried that we're forgetting the issue at hand in this case. And uh, so I'm not a big fan of 
over-regulating or extra regulations as that as though that's the answer to everything because the error that this driver committed was so basic that anyone driving anything should know that you have to stop at a stop sign it wasn't that he tried to stop didn't allow himself enough distance i uh, didn't admit to being drowsy he didn't admit to you know various other things that and maybe maybe he was but that that experience would stop i mean how much experience does it really take to know that you got to stop at a stop sign. Well, with, with and, four signs going yeah, into it, with a but big here, flash But here's the thing, yes. the, because the argument becomes this, though, and uh, others have pointed that out. A stop sign is a stop sign, pretty easy to see. But there's a difference between uh, flying a model aircraft and flying a 737, though, right? Same principle, but one takes a great deal more skill than the other. Hauling a Super B takes a great deal more skill than driving a car. Correct, but the... What he committed, though, wasn't wasn't really a, a result of a lack of skill. It well, was a lack of right, but that mistake had or conscientiousness. So how do we sure. legislate conscientiousness? Like, right. I, I guess I'm saying the, the ramifications was, the ramifications of his mistake are magnified by the fact that he's driving this huge rig, though. So yes, a stop sign is just a stop sign, but I don't want that guy behind the wheel of a truck or anyone like him. Well, we don't want that, that guy behind the wheel of anything or anyone like him. Uh, fair enough. I mean, whether 16 people died or, or only one, yep. if it had been a small car, it would have been the victims in the car, mm -hmm. uh, the driver and his passenger, and that would have been the end of the story. Now, I, I guess what I'm saying is that we want to prevent this from happening, but unfortunately, I don't have th this kind of thing, and thankfully it doesn't happen very often, but as long as it's humans driving up and down the road and with our tendency to goes off mentally, it could happen again. I, I don't know how you legislate and inconvenience every other conscientious person out there that knows that I am responsible and they turn their brain on. How do you legislate that? Yeah. Yeah. Niles, thanks for the phone call. We need to take a break. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.